everyone, and welcome to the Categorically Romance podcast. My name is Sarah. And I'm Brie. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) We should have hit the record button five minutes ago because we're like, (laughs) welcome to the rabbit hole episode. It might be a little all over the place. Oh, it's going to be a little all over the place. I guarantee you. We're just, right. We're just like a little excited and there's a lot of information out there, but we'll try to make it make some kind and of sense. And we'll try to put enough notes down below if you guys want to fall down these rabbit holes with us. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I will say like I posted on Twitter, I don't know, like a cover of, I think when I got the truth about me and Bobby V in the mail, something I posted something on Twitter recently and it was just so sweet. Like there are authors, there's one in particular, I will pull her name up and leave it in the show notes whenever this episode comes out on Wednesday. Um, Like she literally, she uses Goodreads, but she still has notebooks from being like a preteen and a teenager and her like writing down titles as she's like reading through the series and like sent the picture. I was like, this is adorable. So guys, we're talking about YA category romance series. We haven't even said what we were talking about. (laughs) It'll be in the title. They will have known already. You'll know then. Our listeners are very intelligent. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay. So before we get into it, what is your relationship with young adult now? Now, I do read some young adult. I mean, this month in uh, July, I am hoping to read a Casey West, her newest one, as well as a Morgan Matson. I am... But for me, though, I absolutely prefer the YA contemporary. I'm not a fantasy person. I'm not a dystopian person. I I read the first Harry Potter and said that was good enough for me. I read the first Hunger Games and said that's good enough for me. But I like <laughs> like the I like the contemporary YA. There's a series that darn if I can remember the author at this point. Now I can't remember the name of the series. <laughs> I shouldn't have gone down this hole. But it's it's a it's a a trilogy about like a motorcycle gang and their YA. It was so long road home was the third book. So good. We'll put it in the show notes, but like, there's a lot that I like. I don't hate on it because I think it's fantastic, but you know, again, I don't go into what most people go into, which is the dystopian fantasy realm. What about you? Yeah. I haven't read a YA in years. Mm -hmm. So when I really got into it, like so when we were kids, I don't even think it was considered like the John and, and you argue this all the time. Yep. YA is not a genre. YA is <laughs> it's YA not. is an age group. It's an age group, <laughs> right. So it's so weird. Like, what do you say? But okay, it's like teen fiction, yes. right? Yes, yes. <laughs> we weren't calling it that no. as kids. And so I really discovered what is quote unquote considered YA when I discovered the online bookish community. It's mm-hmm. like YA this. And I'm like mid, I'm like late 20s mm-hmm. at this point. And so I really, like you mentioned Morgan Matson, she was one of my first favorites. Mm-hmm. Like Since You've Been Gone, Second Chance Summer. But those are like contemporary young adult romances, yeah. essentially. I never, like when I discovered that community, I discovered Harry potter Mm -hmm. everybody talked about it and i was like where was i when these books was coming out and i think the first one came out in like 2005 i graduated high school that year yeah and went to the military i was not i was not reading yeah really that year um twilight i remember it coming out and like people i worked with was Mm -hmm. were reading it but like 
I wasn't really interested. So it was really like 2014 when I discovered people talking about books on YouTube that I really got into it. And prior to that, I was reading a lot of like self-help and nonfiction. Mm -hmm. So it was just like really refreshing. So that's where I started. But once I discovered like historical fiction and then I discovered my love of romance, it kind of waned a little bit. But it's interesting because like I did read the first three books in Jenny Han's to all the boys I've I haven't let, read that series yet oh it's adorable and I like I loved I watched all of the movies for Netflix well, I think there are only three books I read the first yeah. two I watched all three of the movies on Netflix mm-hmm. loved them and I've just been it's been like on my spirit I think ever since like <laughs> why is not YA contemporary romance as popular as like yeah everything else yeah yeah it's true it's true you know they're they're adorable. They're 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 really they're you know, I hate using the term palette cleanser because a lot of people use that in, you know, to talk about romance when we know it's not, but truly in a way they are. It depends on what you're reading. Some of them get very dark. They deal with a lot of very serious topics. But if you find some some like the Jenny Han series I've heard is super adorable. I can't remember the author off the top of my head, but she wrote the from When Dimple Met Rishi. Those oh, books yeah. are just, they're candy. They're delightful, you know, and yeah. it they're, they're great. So no shade to them. It, yeah. And like YA today is doing some really powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I have to give it to them. Like I may not be reading the books, but I follow people that religiously yes. read those books. We have friends that are librarians and they focus on teen literature, Absolutely. you know, so we, we, we see the reviews and it's like, you can't discount like the work that it's doing, but it's also like really noticeable how much it's changed, mm-hmm. especially in the world of romance. Mm-hmm. And like, I think the idea for this episode really came because we were talking about like, what happened to series? Mm -hmm. And would those books fit in that genre Mm -hmm. today? Mm -hmm. And it was like, we don't really think that it would. Yeah. If you go into Barnes and Noble right now, YA is predominantly hardcover single titles. Now there are some series yeah, like you there could, are some like, series. All the boys you let, like that's a series. But what we're talking about is a category, ro- like a category series. Yeah, that's what yeah. we're we're talking about, and it's a huge section of the store. I know chapters indigo up here. It's like the entire back area of the store is devoted to. And I remember being a kid, like it would be like you know, there's a shelf. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's really grown, and and it's great to see that. YA now, like, you know, the 12 to 17 year old market has so many choices, you know? Yeah. I mean, it is rows and rows. I feel like when I was a kid, it was like a couple of shelves. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) And I'm like, wow. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So I have questions for you, Mm -hmm. but I think we'll get into them. Like, okay, let's go through some of the historical stuff. And then because... You have always been a series reader. Yes. And I think that that has kind of shaped the reader that you are now. Yeah, I've said that before, so, that I loved the series books when I was younger. So it just seemed natural to gravitate towards the category books reading. now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So some of the stuff that I found. So 
teenagers. Yes. The, the, that being like a social demographic mm -hmm. was termed in World War II. So that was interesting because it's like you think that it's always been a thing, but it hasn't. Nope. And so like the first supposed YA novel, like book targeted at teens, was 17th Summer, which was published in 1942 by Maureen Daly. Mm -hmm. um, and you can get on Amazon. It has a re-release cover. And if you have the like the Audible Plus package, there's an audiobook really? that's free. Yes, I clicked on it today. And But even prior to that, The Secret of the Old Clock by Nancy Drew was published in 1930. So young adults kind of always been a thing. I was going to say, like, didn't Nancy Drew come out prior to 30 to 42? Nancy, yeah. uh, old Nancy came out prior. Yeah, yeah. I remember so, it. Yeah. But the Maureen Daly book sounds adorable. I'll have like, to look for that our up. romance loving hearts. I'll have to look <laughs> that up. Adorable. <laughs> So then, okay, in 1978, so Scholastic, I tend to forget about them. They were a pretty big deal. They're huge. They had, they created the Wildfire romance yes. series, which essentially like created the field as the 1980s first teen romance series mm -hmm. of the decade. They had 79 books published and it lasted through 86. Mm -hmm. That one I found from flipping through Paperback Crush listeners, which Sarah and I both have. Yes. If you do not have a copy... It's kind of like the Bible. You, you got to get it. For anyone else of a certain age, you need to, you know, if you were. You need it, to have it. If you were reading books in the 80s and 90s, it's a definite must have because you'll be like, I forgot about that series. I forgot about that series. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know about that no. series. Yes. <laughs> so they published. Now, it did confuse me because I did see a title that's listed as number one on Fiction DB. Okay. But then everywhere else. This book specifically called Love Comes to Anne mm -hmm. was listed as the first book. Okay. So I think that they had like a book club book that maybe they just kind of oh, grandfathered into the series. Okay. Okay. Um, but Love Comes to Anne was published in 79. Mm -hmm. And by 1982, Wildfire, it had sold 2 million copies. Wow. So it tends to happen in the world of category. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they, had a, they had a rival at the time. Yep. <laughs> and that was Random House. And so Random House began publishing their series, Sweet Dreams. Yes. Which honestly looks to be like the longest running series. It ran from 81 to 95. Yes. Yep. Um, but then I saw, so Scholastic also had Wishing Star, mm -hmm. which kicked off with The Lost Summer by Joan Oppenheimer in 1977. And it had what appears to be 25 books in total. So okay. a lot of the series don't seem like they lasted a long time. That long. But yeah. I mean, I still, I think 25 books is good. Yeah. Some of the authors who wrote for this series also wrote for the twin series, Wildfire, mm -hmm. along with the competition, Silhouettes First Love and Sweet Dreams. And on one of the blog posts I read, it wrote that Wishing Star lacked book club appeal. So things that we don't really think about, but are like in our face all the time. So it didn't use the back pages for publicity yeah. for any upcoming books, new series, gotcha. giveaways, and the classic order form. Yeah. We don't think about the order form now because yeah. is it there? Not all the time. But back then it was a it big was a deal. huge deal. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And I wonder if so, what they mean by book club. Sorry to interrupt. I wonder if what they mean by book club is those like the ones that would come into your school. I wonder if that's yeah. what they mean. I wonder, yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Anybody else miss those? We need adult versions of those <laughs> to come into your workplace. <laughs> I got to bring my They would just sucker us in. They'd suck <laughs> yeah. But 
Wishing Star, it looks like it fizzled out in 1983 with the last book being Far From Home by Jill Ross Clevin. Okay. Yeah, Clevin. Okay. And then, so I had you pull this one up before we started recording, the Caprice series. Yes. Which Fiction DB listed as having 82 books in the series. Mm-hmm. Goodreads listed at 78. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of siding with Goodreads because you've looked at the dates at this point and yeah. it's like, can they be trusted on They're this They're all one? over the map, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> And this was one you were like, I've never even heard, heard of this. this. <laughs> I had neither. So if you're listening and you were a fan of Caprice, hit us up and let us please, know. Please, please. The first book is by Natalie Johnson. Okay. Um, What was it called? I'm blanking on the title, but Jenny. Jenny, Jenny. by Natalie yep. Johnson. Yep. And then if you were a fan of mystery and romance, so it sounds like, you know, back then they didn't say romantic suspense. Yeah, if you wanted to like, romantic suspense. <laughs> yeah, it was like mystery and romance, yep. suspense and romance. I yep. see that on like Phyllis Whitney books. They had the Windswept series, which was published by Scholastic, mm-hmm. and it looks like it had 33 books and ran from 82 and 80 through 84. Okay. And the last Scholastic series that I like looked into was Sunfire. And this was an historical series. That's the they had series 32 I loved. books. Yes. 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 Between 84 and 89. And it starred teenage heroines who, according to this book riot article that I found, and like Sarah said, anything that we mentioned we'll have listed down below mm-hmm. so you can check it out. But the heroines came from wealth and then like this difficult yeah. situation would happen that forced them out into the world and they had to now develop these skills that they mm-hmm. didn't think they would ever need. Mm-hmm. Um, and the article also mentions that a staple of this series was that there tended to be a love triangle mm-hmm. and like one choice would be like representative of it, their old life. And then the yes. new, the other choice was like yeah. a guy that kind of fit their new way of living. So yeah. And this one's pretty popular. I I tend to see people like collecting books from that. They series, all so. had titles with girls' names. Am I correct? The names, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> like Amanda, Joanna. Sarah, when I was like, this is mine. <laughs> so, I mean, and that's just the tip of iceberg. There oh, were gosh, so yeah. many, but it, it really seems like very late 70s, 80s, it was a thing. And for me, it's been kind of bothering me because I'm like, well, I was born in 86. So, like, Sweet Dreams ended in 95. Mm-hmm. I was barely, you know, I was about to turn 10 years old. Like mm-hmm. I, I really feel like I missed out on something. So what happened to these series? What changed in YA? That's why we're here. Because yeah. <laughs> we, again, as, as hashtag, we have theories. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think, Sarah? What I, do you think? You know, I, we've gone back and forth on this. And I mean, the timeline is probably off, but I just think that, and I think everybody can attest to this who's seen, teenagers are older now than they used to be. True. Right? Like, you know, yeah. when I was you know, 13, 14, I was still playing with Barbie. I will not BS that. I mean, I was like legitimately, right? I was born in 79. So I was a child of the eighties. And I just think now, like I look at my niece now and there she is. And it's a product of the time too. She's on her cell phone. She's watching her YouTube. You got a daughter the same age, you know, Yeah. you, you see the difference. And I think that might be part of what it is, is that those books that I read, like I might've been 13 or 14 reading these, you know, sweet dreams, romances, and they were kids who were older than me, like 16, 17, 18. They still felt young. They, they still yeah. were dealing with relatively 
easy problems. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas if you look at a lot of YA now, the problems are a lot more adult. Plus, you know, I know watching other booktubers that a lot of YA series now deal with a lot of sex as well. And there's discussions about should it be on page? Should it not be on? That would have never entered into the realm of it when I was like, that wasn't even an option. You know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't even brought for discussion. So I think that's the big thing is that society has changed. So mm -hmm. the books had to change with society. Yeah. That's my thought. I mean, so before, from what I was like seeing online, before Scholastic came out mm -hmm. with like the Wildfire series, for example, because it's, it's like you think about it, okay, Nancy Drew's first book came out in 1930. Yep. That's a big gap between oh, that in 1979 yeah. and then even with uh Maureen Daly's book it was 1942 mm -hmm. so it, it it sounds like a lot of the books that came out in the time period between those really focused on like kind of the sad certainties of life yeah and, that were geared toward yeah. teens so like divorce and parents having kids outside of marriage yeah. and like you know stuff like that and by this time like the when you know wildfire published love comes and Teenagers wanted stuff that reflected their reality, like 100%. outside of the sad stuff. And like you, I think like you said, you, you hit it perfectly. Romance is going to change with the times. Mm -hmm. Teenagers, especially you think about all the, the fun 80s movies that came out. Oh gosh, out. yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> teenagers probably wanted something that was an escape, but also like reflected their reality you know it's you true. do go to school and hang out with friends and fall in love and have crushes and yep. stuff like that you know so yeah it's really interesting to see how that boom kind of came to be oh yeah and I think like you know saying all that the one series though that sticks out in my head because it was the one that I religiously read was Sweet Valley High I mean yeah. like that was now it was a little bit different than the series we're talking about because that series followed the same group of characters throughout mm. all 140,000 books that were put out. <laughs> it was published from October of 83 to August of 98. So I was four <laughs> when the first book came oh out. Oh gosh. And yeah. 98, I was just finishing high school, I want to say, maybe. if I, I, I'm weird. I can't remember what year I finished high school. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Those, though, occasionally those books did deal with a few heavier topics, but that came later in the series. Like, I remember distinctly there's a book called Don't Go Home with John, and essentially it was about date rape, which okay. is a very heavy topic, right? Yeah. But it came much later. Like, that was well into the 90s before that book was actually published. And then in my opinion with Sweet Valley, I mean, I still read them because they were just such candy to me that they really went off the rails. They were dealing with werewolves. They were dealing with vampires. And I told Bree this and she's like, what? How did I not know about this? <laughs> but it also felt safe because Sweet Valley was like that area that you knew at the end of the book, everything was going to be okay. Yeah. Much like a, a category romance, things might feel dark, but it's going to be okay. Cause at the end of this book, this is all going to wrap up nicely in a neat little bow. So, you know, that's, that's, uh, I love that series. I still, and I'm doing a reread of it. So. <laughs> Do you feel like with Sweet Valley, because it ran for a long time too. And mm -hmm. so when I, when I think of like my reading life, 
I was a kid in the 90s. I was reading R.L. Stein, yep. The Goosebumps. Yep. So do you feel like it kind of, it had its longevity because they figured out ways to incorporate the trends that were popular into that series like you mentioned like it kind of had some paranormal elements was that because i mean you think of the 90s the paranormal stuff was so popular it was like kid literature it was but (laughs) the funny thing is is that it had been out for years prior to that because now you read goosebumps i read fear street fear street started publishing in 89 first book came out in 89 and ended in 2017 that was a lot. So long- do you feel like Sweet Valley was like, okay, this is popular. So like, let's yeah, add this in. Yeah, this is what in. the kids seem to be reading. I also read for anyone else out there of a certain age, Christopher Pike. Does anybody else remember Christopher Pike? I, <laughs> there was like, I remember being in high school and we would pass around Christopher Pike, um, V.C. Andrews and Anne Rice. Those were like the staples of my <laughs> high school reading. <laughs> And now it's funny because I'm not a fan of horror or um, or paranormal, but that's all. I yeah, when it's I was so it's weird. weird. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> and I mean, thinking of how that early reading shapes you as a reader, mm-hmm. like, I think that's why now that I've discovered paranormal, mm-hmm. while it doesn't necessarily feel because I don't read horror now at all. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I may find something, but like. It's like, you know, I was listening to um, the most recent episode of the Faded Mates podcast, and I'll leave that linked in the show notes. And they were talking about dark romance. And like one thing they talked about was how you can't really have horror and romance. And I'm just like, but that's what I want. (laughs) You know? (laughs) And I mean, I do have like, I've been like flipping through like the silhouette shadows Mm -hmm. that I've been collecting. And that is mentioned in like the dear reader part of the Mm -hmm. letter in the beginning of the book. Like if you're a fan of horror and romance, this is the series for you. So I feel like it has existed. Oh, of course. It's just another one of those trends in romance that like hasn't Mm -hmm. come back around. But I do feel like it's out there. Um, And I feel like it's made for me, somebody that's weird and wants a little bit of both. (laughs) And we've talked about that, like the trends and stuff like that, like where they come from. And you know, like I was saying, those of us who came of age at the time reading Christopher Pike, Goosebumps, Fear Street, when those people grew up and started writing, is that where the paranormal boom came in? You know, yeah. like we were reading this at that age and now we're writing this, but now maybe that's gone to the wayside. I don't know because they are re-releasing the Fear Street books. Um, yeah. You know, everything old is new again, which is what is so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> and it is crazy the amount of people that I see online. Like I forget you mentioned Etsy. I forgot what it was that you went on Etsy to look oh, for. Oh yeah, I found those books. Yes. And so I've started looking on there and I'm like, there are entire pages on here of people who sell like 80s and 90s books. Yep. Yep. And it's, it's never would have thought to look on Etsy. Well, the reason is because Etsy is supposed to be stuff for stuff that's handmade. <laughs> unless you printed that yourself technically you shouldn't be selling it on etsy however i think some people like the lady that i bought those two old books off of she has a vintage shop so she sells a lot of vintage stuff along with stuff that she hand makes that's vintage or from vintage materials so i think that's how she got away with selling it on there that's just Yeah. yeah so i'm wondering if it's the same thing but yeah no it's another avenue to find books and it's great (laughs) <laughs> yeah. 
Because we well, need all the avenues that we could possibly use. Right. Look at these vintage bookshops. I mean, vintage sounds so weird when it's like, it's literally the 90s, but okay. <laughs> so did you easily kind of see, you know, you have always been a series reader mm-hmm. and like, it just was such an easy transition into reading category. Like, when did you make the connection, you think? Oh, I'm. it was actually in the last few years that I made the connection. Because when I was a kid, we'd go to the library. And for me, I always loved and craved the familiarity. Like, you know, maybe that's why I'm not a mood reader either. Like, I have to think now that you step back and think about it, that I knew if I was picking up a Sweet, sweet Dreams book or a Sweet Valley High book or a Babysitter's Club book, I knew exactly what I was getting into. I knew what to expect, right? And then yeah. I went through this whole period after I stopped reading those YA books, like in my early 20s, that, you know, I went through about five or six years while I really wasn't reading very much at all. And then yeah. when I found that first, I mean, I knew of Harlequin, but when I picked up that first duets novel on my way to the cottage and realized, this is what I was looking for. This is what I wanted because now I knew, okay, I knew what to expect from this book. And I immediately went to the thrift store and bought 10 more because I knew I was going to enjoy this. So yeah, yeah, it wasn't until like, but it wasn't until recently that I really kind of went, wait a minute, maybe that's, you know, (laughs) maybe one has to do with the other. So, okay, as you make your way, because I was thinking about this as I was reading online, like one of the blogs that I found, she reviewed a couple of sweet dreams, okay. something else, and and she loves Sweet Valley High. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I was like, oh, Sarah loves Sweet Valley High too. And she like, to her, Sweet Valley High stood out above those. To her, Like the books that she was reading in Sweet Dreams, she just felt like the heroines, she basically said they were stupid. <laughs> and like they only wanted a boyfriend for superficial reasons and then someone in the comments said you have to look at the time period that these books came out it was a simpler time Mm -hmm. during that time all they had to worry about was like getting a boyfriend for superficial Mm -hmm. reasons Mm -hmm. and I'm like yes I feel that would that reading it today in 2021 Mm -hmm. it would be so easy to fall into that trap of judging these books like Oh, this is stupid. Yes. But in the 80s, mm-hmm. it's like, what else did they have to worry about? Exactly. They didn't have to worry about 2021 problems. Yeah. <laughs> there was no <laughs> pandemic. There was no, you know. <laughs> so like, okay, as because you, you've been rereading Sweet Valley High, you've been rereading Babysitter's yep. Club. Like, how, what is your kind of tactic is like when you go into these books that you know are older, they were written couple of decades ago mm-hmm. like what is your how do you like mentally prepare yourself to go into them? you just have to know that's all like you I think if you were reading something like the first Sweet Valley High book Double Love if you went into that not having the nostalgic factor of having read it when you were younger you would very easily get angry with that book within the first page you'd want to chuck yeah. it across because it talks it, immediately. It goes into how perfect the twins are. I mean, it's an iconic opening scene for anyone who's read the book talking about their perfect size six figures and this, that, and the other thing. And you just want to, you would chuck the book across the room But <laughs> as someone who's reading it as an adult, knowing that this was written, it was a product of its time. 
right? Yeah. Sweet Valley was an idyllic Southern California town where nothing bad ever happened. Everybody was perfect or should have. And if you did not fit the mold, sadly, in that series, and I will call it out for what it is. Be careful going in. There is fat shaming in that series. There is, you know, but those are the earlier books. As you get later into the series, like I said, there was that one on date rape. There was another one that was about an interracial couple, which for its time was quite progressive. Mm -hmm. But you just have to go with the mental thinking. It wasn't written now. It was written in 82. Not forgiving. Yeah. Again, we, we, you know, we've had this conversation because of everything going on historically and with the, you know, Black Lives Matter and, and all those things that we should be aware of now, we should have been aware of for ever. However, it's still a product of its time and yeah. you can't rewrite them. Right. It's kind of like a, a time capsule. It is. <laughs> like, it is. And is, I know it. This one was point, 1982. I know. What I know at one do? point they talked about, or maybe they did rewrite them. Like certain things were changed. Like if they talked about a tape deck, they changed it to like an MP3, something like that. And I think they even changed their, because they were always a perfect size six. And I think they changed it to like a, a size 10. And I'm like, who the hell's a size 10? <laughs> <laughs> that is still a skinny mini in my opinion <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe in high school I easily won. maybe in high school right but same with the babysitters club like if you look at the babysitters club a lot of those books today would not fly for the sole fact yeah. that you would have to rewrite them because for like okay i've reread the series a number of times in the fifth book in that series one of the little kids that dawn is babysitting goes missing and she can't get a hold of the mother because the mother's in a meeting at the school and the phone's not there. In 2021, that mother would have a damn cell phone in her purse. <laughs> Dawn would have a cell phone. Right, okay. and that story would have been done after page three. <laughs> I think... It wouldn't work these days. Right? It My brother and work. I laughed about that. Um, the movie or the Stephen King book, Gerald's Game. I've never seen it because it's a horror. But the whole premise, I think that he ties her to the bed, then he dies. And she can't oh, get out. Yeah, that's the premise of the book. So my brother and I laughed saying it wouldn't work today because all she would go, hey, Suri, call the police. Yes. Alexa, call <laughs> Alexa, the police. Alexa, call the police. And the story would be over. <laughs> but you know what? At the end of the day, say what you will, it was simpler. It just felt yeah. like I think about what my niece has to deal with now. You know, at 11, YouTube and social media. And pressures from this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, she is still very much, and I love it. She is still very much a little kid. She loves, yeah. you know, my daughter saying, is too. Right? I love it. Yeah. And then I've seen other people's children who just seem so much, they're wearing crop tops and makeup. And I'm just like, you can only be a kid for so long. Yeah. Enjoy it. Yeah. You know? And I think that's why I've, have wanted to look into these books so much yeah. more because, you know, Asia is a lot like your niece. Like mm -hmm. she's 12, she's turning 13 this year, yep. but she's still like a little girl in yes. so many ways. Yes. And I'm like trying to hold on to that for her. But like yep. as she eases into like actually being a teenager, you know, I missed out on books like, you yep. know, these, these YA category romance books. And I'm like, I would have loved to have these. And they're not, you don't see anything like them no, really you don't. out there anymore. Mm -mm. And I'm just like, 
I want that for her. Mm -hmm. I want that experience of like reading these young girls. I mean, because a lot of the stories is about them growing up. You know, yeah, there may be a romance in there too, but a lot of the stories are about that. And it's just like, I feel like that's such a fun way to Mm -hmm. transition into your teens Mm -hmm. that you don't really see anymore. Because like you said earlier, like kids nowadays are just grown. I know, right? They grow up so much faster. My three-year-old nephews walk around with his iPad. I'm like, dude, (laughs) what are you doing? (laughs) Auntie Sarah doesn't have an iPad. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and it's, 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 you're right, Brie. It's, it's fun. And, and I think, you know, it's just, the other thing is too, if I can touch on this really, really quickly, is that also YA books now, I would have never been able to afford that when I was growing up. When you look at those old paperbacks, like I used to get like a dollar allowance and I would get my allowance and I would be able to, if I saved it up for, you know, two or three weeks, I could buy a $3 mass market paperback. Yeah. But nowadays, all the YA is in hardcover. I'm like, what kind of allowance are kids getting now? Because I need up the ante. I used to feel so bad asking for two goosebumps at a time. Right? And now I'm like, that was barely $10. I know. I know. <laughs> a YA novel now is easily and $25 the in hardcover. The too is that, yeah, people are going to argue and they're probably saying it right now as they're listening to this. Well, you can go to your library. Absolutely, you can go to your library. Yeah. However, YA is, this is the other thing that you and I talked about. Right now. I will pick up a YA novel. I will read that Cassie West. So I will put that on hold at my library when there's, you know, 25, 12 or 13 year olds who want to read it, but I'm first in line. So I'm going to get it first as a 42 year old woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Whereas like my mother would have never touched a Sweet Valley High book. Never in a million years. Yes. That she would have moved it from the kitchen table to the stairs for me to take upstairs. That's as much as she would touch it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it's, it's such like, and I think that's why people refer to it now as a genre where I still feel it's, it's an age group, but it's not because, and it's fine. You should be able to read whatever you want, no matter what your age is. However, that's the other big shift that's changed is that adults would have never read our YA back in the day. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. I mean, if you just look at like the covers, oh, God, right, yeah. they were very much for kids and I yep. say that meaning like preteens and yep. teenagers yep. young adult now mm-hmm. I mean I have listened to bookish podcasts where they've had a guest come on and mm-hmm. it's like a woman our age and it's like all I read is young adult and I'm like more power to you girl mm-hmm. that's great but like <clears throat> you my mom never read any of mm-hmm. my goosebumps as mm-hmm. a kid no <laughs> she no. didn't feel the need to because it was for kids yep yep so it's just so interesting how that changed. I uh, I mentioned happened. my uh, my husband read all three of the tw- three or four however many Twilight books there are because he wanted to see if they were appropriate for his daughter. I think he could have stopped at the first book, but I'm pretty sure he read the rest of them just because he was interested. <laughs> you, we know you liked it, Garrett. If you ever listened, and to I distinctly <laughs> remember when when Harry Potter came out. My dad, when he worked for the brokerage firm, his partner. She had two children and she was reading Harry Potter when it was first released because she wanted to see if it was appropriate for her girls, which is fine. That's that's right. I, that's a great idea as a parent to know what your kids are reading. But she loved it. And she's telling my dad about it. And then there you go. There's my dad coming home on the go train with a Harry Potter book with all the other businessmen <laughs> coming out of the city. And 
he said like a year later they were all reading them so yeah. you know like it's it that would have never happened with our stuff when we were so that also goes to show you i think how much more mature these ya books have gotten when yeah. adults can read them and appreciate them right and do you think that that's really what kind of pushed the category romance think so. series for teens out the door? I think so. I really do. I, I think, I just think that they weren't, yeah, they just weren't relevant anymore, you know? Yeah. Couldn't compete. Yeah. I mean, because authors are still writing YA contemporary romance. Mm -hmm. It's still happening. Mm -hmm. But series specific, I mean, I think there's just so much there. Like, mm -hmm. like you, everything. I'm, I can't remember the last time I went to Barnes and Noble and saw a YA paperback, unless yes. it was the hardcover came out yep. first and it's been out a year and now you can get the paperback copy. But a mass market, forget it. Is I like was going to say there's unheard no mass of. Market. No, there's <laughs> no mass markets anymore. Heard of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> No, and the thing is, they tried, like, from what I remember, they did try to compete in a way. So, like, Sweet Valley, for example, had Sweet Valley High. They also had Offshot series. They had Sweet Valley Twins, which was geared more towards that 8 to 12-year-old demographic, I guess. And then Sweet Valley Kids, which was, like, young, like, you know, younger than 8 kind of an idea. And then after the Sweet Valley series ended, they did bring out another one called Senior Year. Because throughout the entire wow. run of the Sweet Valley series, they were 16 years old. So they brought out this series, and I don't think it lasted more than a year or so. But it was them now at 17, and it was a bit more serious topics, if you will. There was also a Sweet Valley University series that came out where they dealt with, like, Jessica getting married to some guy, and they were shacking up. And, I mean, that was a whole to-do. <laughs> and then even the Babysitter's Club, when they ended the original run of the series... I think it was like less than 10 books. They brought out this series called friends forever, which I think was okay. the four They went back to the four original girls and it was them navigating. I think cause they would have been in eighth grade in the series. So like the ninth grade, like high school, but again, it didn't fly because what we wanted was the babysitters club where they were. We wanted yeah. sweet Valley where it again, exactly as you said, Brie, it's a time capsule. Don't mess with yeah. my time capsule. Right? Like, <laughs> And also, like, so whatever age you are, yep. like, I wonder if it's like, so say you're 20, mm -hmm. right? And Sweet Valley's, it, it was that age group that, like, was really into it as they got older and kind of grew out of it. And they stopped, they tried to stay relevant because, okay, yep. for the longest we've been putting books out this. for teen yeah. girls. Yeah. But now, like, the teen girls that, like, were really into it are grown women and not necessarily reading it anymore. And the new teen girls have something else. Like, yeah. I wonder how much of that is was the problem they ran into. Probably. Because it was, it was a product of its time. And I think, you know, like I jokingly said, it jumped the shark towards the end. You know, like, The Babysitter's <laughs> Club ended. I didn't like the book that it ended on. Um, I wish it had had more of a ending instead of just ending um but i mean it is what it is and the lucky part is is that a lot of these books like if i talk about sweet valley or baby stars club they're all available now on kindle yeah you know you can pick them up as that's e been interesting which is great you know i know i want some of these old series to be on kindle what the heck i know <laughs> i know it's like some oh, of them are on. really freaking hard to find <laughs> 
Yeah. And if you do find them, you're paying a pretty penny for them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because like even with Sweet Valley High, so you event you at some point stopped reading them, mm-hmm. but now you're returning back to them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's still I don't know. And it, it I think it's a nostalgic thing, obviously. It is. Like it is, you know, and it's a, it's probably a comfort thing as well. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, some of these are like ridiculous. Like the sweet, I don't know what it is about sweet dreams. I have one, I have two. I have yep. two sweet dreams books. They are hard to track down mm. and they are expensive. Yep. <laughs> you can't track yep. them down. Yep. I got lucky and found a couple in a thrift store for like a dollar ninety-nine. So oh you know, my I was gosh. really happy with that. But I mean, for those of you who are nostalgic for that time, there's so much that's out there if you just look. Um, another one that is being republished in uh, ebook format is the Nancy Drew case files. So we touched on the Nancy Drew series started in the 30s, which are what everybody remembers. They're the iconic yellow spined books. Mm-hmm. The case files came out in the 80s and it was Nancy Drew very. The first cover, if it doesn't scream 1980s, I don't know what doesn't. <laughs> She's in like a bomber <laughs> jacket with like a Corvette behind her. And it's just like, but Nancy Drew back in the old books was very, she was, I don't even know how to describe it. She was very proper. Nancy was very proper. Okay. Right. Whereas Nancy Drew in the case file series, they actually aged her by a year or so. So she was okay. just out of high school. She was like 18 and she was working. So as, she was like frozen in time. Right? And then <laughs> She grew up. She looks good for someone born in 1930-something. But they they made also a lot of romance in there. They really brought romance into that series. And it was, it's it's a lot of fun. And I know all of those are also available on ebook if anyone is interested in trying them out. Because they're they're a lot of fun, I have to say. What do you think it is about Nancy Drew that is like, has stood the test of time? Because I remember, I think Freeform, somebody adapted her and made a show yeah like, it's it there is a tv show i've never watched it because i i think it's i find that one and the one that they did riverdale i tried and they're too dark like okay. they're not meant to be dark like that but that was just my opinion but nancy drew i mean it's something that every little girl i or no, i shouldn't say that that uh, almost every kid is familiar with you know our yeah. moms my if you think she came out in 1930 that's something my grandmother could have read, right? Yeah. Um, my mother definitely read through the series, her and her sister. Um, and then they re-released them to our, to my generation with the case files. But the older books are still there now. There are some of them that I have heard that are very difficult to get your hands on from the original, ninth, the original run because they're extremely racist. Let's just put it that way. That They say they, okay. they won't even reprint the original text. That's how bad it is. But again, it's a product of its time right? Was that a series that was written by one person or like multiple? It was a ghostwriter. Carolyn Keene, from my understanding, was just the pen name for a bunch of people. And same with the Hardy Boys, uh, Frank, Franklin W. Dixon. Um, But for those of you also in the 80s, these are not, and this is what, okay, my little rant. (laughs) If you're going (laughs) to release an entire series for ebook, release all of the books. So the Sweet Valley High series, you are not getting the special edition books. Those were not released as ebooks. I'm having to hunt those down to read them. And same with Nancy Drew. They had, there's only a few of them. 
they had this great thing called the Super Mysteries, and they were my favorite. It was Nancy Drew with the Hardy Boys. And they oh, went wow. to like exotic locations and they did this. And it was just, I gobbled those up and I have to hunt them down now at thrift stores because they're not available on ebook. They're not available. And I'm like, why would you do this, but not this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Clearly you find, you can get your hands on them, you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just need to know whose doors I need to knock down c- right? to get some of these old category romance teenage series on ebook <laughs> what the entire hell we're releasing everything else yes <laughs> why can't we re-release some of these <laughs> i wonder how many of them like the rights went back to the authors and they're choosing not to release them at this point you know because yeah. what was the series was it the caprice series that i looked yeah. up and i saw that Catherine applegate wrote some of those books she wrote the middle grade book the one and only ivan like, yeah, that's just so wow. interesting to me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. So you don't think, I mean, obviously for like logistic reasons and, you know, these were mass market paperbacks and stuff like that. Would there be a space for these? I don't think so. Would teenage girls these days be, and, I mean, even if it's not a re-release, right? They could re-release it for us old ladies who on just kindle. wanted for the nostalgia mm-hmm. right on kindle mm-hmm. but like could you imagine some of the badass romance authors these days like writing some right? teenage series like, <laughs> authors, like you could do like an entire well i know for a while harlequin did have their teen line out and they had a lot oh, of crosswinds no did you no, re- it was called what was crosswind oh my gosh mm-hmm they had okay because I've seen crosswinds or something, and mm-hmm. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. So did you read those? I read some of them. I mean, they came out maybe a decade ago, but a okay. lot of them again were going towards the current or what at the time was the YA drive, which was paranormal. Okay, yeah. so it wasn't really. But like, if you could think, like, if they were to release just in in our dreams to to release a YA. Um, category romance series and it could be across you could have some great historical writers writing for it like think of cassandra clare doing like you know for the paranormal side of it sarah j moss you know like (laughs) cassie west would do some great ones right for the contemporary i mean because they would be quick and easy and yeah but I think that back then we were just simpler and we just wanted a quick little story. Whereas now it's six volumes of epic it's fantasy, epic. you know? Yes. Like- <laughs> epic. Everything is epic now. <laughs> and I mean, okay, so our the love of category yep. is you know what you're going to get. Yes. How much of not really wanting to, like the unexpected is more of the thing now, do you think? Do you know what, though? I still think it's the same thing, because if you think about it, like the um, the throne, of, what is it? The throne of glass. The Sarah J. Mass. Whatever, whatever, whatever. All of her books. Yes. Whatever. <laughs> or the Cassandra Clare series. Those ki- those people reading those books still know what they're getting when you get into it, because it's the next yeah. series. It's the same characters. It's the same world building. It's the same all the things. So that hasn't really changed. Yeah. You know? If you pick up a certain author, you know you're getting that author. You know what kind of voice they have. If you're picking up a Morgan Matson or a Jenny Hahn or a whomever, that hasn't changed. Oh, my gosh. 
right? that would be my dream team, like a category romance series with Morgan Matson, Jenny Han writing for it. I mean, our like rock star category romance authors today, like that are like writing adults, just, you know, making some sweet, a little, maybe a little like second or almost to third base and then you got to run back to second real quick because your dad comes home whatever writing we've all been there (laughs) but the problem is and this is like you know nothing against them I don't think somebody like Morgan Matson can write a book at 200 pages (laughs) you're right YA is freaking long right (laughs) these days I'm like what is this I mean, shout out to the teenagers that you know? love these big epic books. Good but you your guys. girl as a teen was like, this goosebump is like less than 200 now, pages. I, I and- can't say anything because I was reading Anne Rice. I'm pretty sure the witches walked in around 500 and some odd pages. <laughs> but no, but in general, when you think category, one of the staples is category is quick to the point. Whereas God love these authors. I don't think they have that ability. <laughs> Yeah. They've gotten longer. Oh, gosh, yeah. They're more hardcover. Mm -hmm. They're more expensive. Mm -hmm. And they cater to, I guess, more of a broad audience. I think that's what it is. Adults are reading them, too. They're they're saying they're YA, but really this part in my heart of hearts feels that a lot of them are not being marketed towards a YA audience. They're being marketed towards adults. Because if they were being marketed truly to YA, they wouldn't be coming out in these epic... $36 $36 hardcovers. They'd be more affordable. So did you have any favorite? I mean, you, you touched on Sweet Valley. Yep, yep. I know you've been reading Babysitter's Club. I've, I've even been roped in, listeners. Our book club, we read A Babysitter's Club yes. Mystery. And <laughs> I liked really it? liked it. It was my first. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I said, I was more of a goosebumps. I also love the boxcar children. That was like as far as my series reading went. Yeah, but like, yeah. From some of the, because we've, we also mentioned Paperback Crush. So as you were reading through that, like what series jumped out at you was like, oh yeah, I really loved this series or dang, I forgot about this series. I actually went ahead and ordered a book and it just showed up from Thrift Books the other day. There was a series called Pen Pals, which was adorable. And it was about four girls. And this is going to be a buzzword for all the YA readers out there who went to a private school, (laughs) a boarding school. (laughs) And it was an all-girls boarding school, and they had pen pals with the boys at the boys' boarding school across wherever. And it was more about their friendship, but they would have all these, like, you know, they'd write each other and stuff like that. So that series was an absolute delight. Another one that I really loved, these are these are younger, I think, like, these would be more the Babysitter's Club, like, straddling between the Babysitter's Club and Sweet Valley was the Fabulous Five which is, again, a group of five girlfriends and, you know, their hijinks and stuff like that. And for all the horse lovers, because I don't know what it was back in the day. We liked horses in the 80s and 90s. Like, like if you look at the cover of Paperback Crush, it's, like, so blatantly obvious. Yes. But it was the Saddle Club. I've never even rode a horse, but I was obsessed. Right? And it was the Saddle Club series. And it was a group of girls who had horses at this horse that had they're just so charming. And now that I've said all three of them, I have the biggest urge to read them. <laughs> <laughs> I love the one that you mentioned at first. Cause let me see. I remember I found one. It was called like the girls of Canby hall or something. That was like a that. different a- series. That's a different they're series. Like but I'm at sure. a boarding school. Right? <laughs> 
<laughs> We're telling all the Hawaii kids now. No, no, no. We invented the boarding school. Right. Because I'm like, boarding school is huge in the world of right? YA these days. But um, obviously, it came from somewhere. And there were some <laughs> that were like super cheesy. I have to be completely honest. Like some that I wouldn't even touch. I think there was one like the Sleepover Friends. Um, mm. And no shit. I mean, they're all released to Kindle now. And I, they're all on Kindle Unlimited. But they were like, again, the younger, even younger than what I've just talked about. And it was a group of girlfriends who would have these sleepovers. They were cute. Yeah. They were fun, but they weren't really my thing. And there was another one that I can't for the life of me remember the series name, but I can see the covers in my head. They were bright pink and they had a board game. It was based off of a board game. Oh, I'll remember and we'll put it in the show notes. I promise. Okay. I'll look it up. I have to know. That yeah. is so fun. Yeah, but a lot of them, like every single one, and I think part of the, the 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 enjoyment for us at that age reading them is that it was about friends. It was about groups of yeah. girlfriends. It was about the Babysitter's Club. They were entrepreneurs. Yeah, you know? they were. <laughs> and I, I don't know what little girl in the 80s who, or early 90s who read the BSC did not want to start her own babysitting club. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, it was I mean, if they're inspiring you to do something positive. It's to make money. So right? you can't be mad at that. <laughs> and the whole friendship aspect, because, you know, I'll be honest, growing up, I didn't have a big group of friends. I was never one of those people. I had my best friend who lived down the street and her and I were pretty much loners, but had each other. She wasn't yeah. much of a reader, but like, that's where I found my friend group. And, you know, yeah. people say it all the time. Books are your friends. And, and for me as a kid, that's what it was. And that's yeah. why I loved reading that. Because I felt like I was a yeah. I legitimately thought that you guys in the States had sororities at your high schools. Like, because of Sweet Valley. <laughs> <laughs> and then people are telling it me, feel no. And I'm like, you didn't have sororities? My entire childhood no. is ruined now. <laughs> <laughs> the fantasy burn of right? it all. <laughs> But, well, yeah. I mean, I just look back on, on for me, like whenever I, so I, I grew out of reading the Goosebumps at some point. Okay. I remember the first book that I read and loved outside of that was they used to, in the grocery store, sell like these kid hardback versions of classics. So I remember I devoured Frankenstein in okay. one day. Yes. Like I was hooked. And then in eighth grade, we read Rebecca. Okay. And I yep. think that's when my reading really shifted. Like, I don't want to read like kids stuff anymore. I want to read more. Yep. But I don't want, I don't even remember what I was reading. But like, looking back on that, though, my teenage years, I'm like, I would have loved to read these young adult category romance yes. series that they, they, they had out like 10 years prior yep. to all of this for me. Because I was like such a hopeless romantic young teenage girl yep. wearing my heart on my sleeve yep. and it's like if you would have if I would have had those stories that reflected life and like making the right choices and stuff like that I think that I would have handled things a little bit differently you know Agreed. Like, I don't know you you learn from these books and you see yourself in these characters oh, yeah. and you see yourself in these situations and it's just like damn I really missed out on something mm -hmm. by like 10 or 11 years just being born know. you know a couple of years too late I know I know and like that trend had kind of fizzled out mm -hmm. by the time I was a teenager because it was huge I can remember going to my library as a little girl and they had the old school spinner racks and I would just yeah. stand there and, and it like 
every shelf would be, and they'd just all be mismatched in there. You know what I mean? And you just see, okay, what haven't I read? And again, this probably goes back to how I don't read series in order because at the time it was like, oh, it's available for me to read. Alrighty then. Don't care. It's I'm number getting 35. it. Yeah. <laughs> just read it. <laughs> but yeah, they were, it, it was, it was a simpler time and you know, I, I miss it. I miss it. And it's for yeah. me on a personal note, it's, it's bittersweet because my father was the one who bought me my first babysitter's club book. And I can't yeah. think of that series without remembering him because. <laughs> oh, did you know, or was he just like out and about? And no, was he, like, he had Sarah traveled. looked, it looks like Sarah would read this. <laughs> he, um, he was traveling down to the States. He went for a golf tournament or something. And he always used to bring us back presents and he got me this box set. And I, I remember him saying the girl at the bookstore said that my daughter might like these. <laughs> Because I guess Aww. he went in and said, my daughter likes to read. She's this old. What would, you know, and it was a yeah. box set. And yeah, so it's, it's bittersweet for me. And it's, it's nostalgia is, it's, it's, it's nice. It's nice. You know? So when you know, like, what's the mood that hits you or like, how do you, I also know you're very structured. So it may, there be, there's maybe no emotions in this at all, but like when you're like, okay, I want to pick up one of these babysitters club or a throwback sweet Valley high. What are you just like, is it an, like, I'm just feeling nostalgic or I want something sweet. I want something comfortable. I know I want something that like I know is going to make me happy. Like what mood hits you? I'm always reading a baby search club book pretty much because I'm working my way back through the series. And if you look at including all the super mysteries, the mysteries, the this, the that, and the other thing that they had out, um, I'm reading about four of them a month and it's still going to take me another two plus years to get through them all at <laughs> it's ridiculous and then i'll move on but the sweet valley highlight last was it last christmas it was last december i don't know i, I you know like my dad passed last january so christmas last year was really difficult for us and i just had this urge to read something that made me comfortable and this is going to sound yeah. so stupid but i ended up picking up the evil twin which is the hundred book <laughs> <laughs> in the Sweet Valley High series, but it takes place at Christmas. And it yeah. was so soap opera. It's like they have they there's the identical twins, but there's a third girl who looks just like them and she's trying to murder them. And it was just, but I just needed that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like there's certain ones that I'll pick up and just be like, like I like I said, I just bought that pen pals book and I'm just like, I saw the cover of it on Thrift Books, and I'm like, I just immediately was transported back to that library at 12 years old, going through the spinner racks. And yeah. I just, I had to have it, you know? I think that there's something for us as women, as we get older too, like we want to hold on to that yep. girlhood, yes. like for ourselves. Like yes. I know for me personally, it's like, especially like I'm trying to collect stuff. I want 12 books. I have three so far. I want 12 books to try to read one a month next year yes. that are like, teen YA category or just teen yep. YA popular books of yep. once upon a time. Cause I just, I think that it's important to still like, remember like mm -hmm. my favorite age to this day has been 17. And I feel like my soul is eternally 17 years old. <laughs> and I just don't want to ever forget like that. Like you said, like that simpler time, yep. that sweeter time in my yep. life. So yep. when yeah. everything was right, I think that's yeah. what it was like. You know, it's one of those, if I could go back and tell myself, yada, yada, yada. But I think especially with the last year that we've had, all of us collectively, this is kind of, you know, 
this is why yeah. I think we're really looking into this right now, you know? Yeah. Because we all need that. <laughs> we all need to remember back, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> when everything was still okay. And, you know, because when you get older, the older you get, like, I'm finding this, the time just goes so quickly. It does. You it know? really does. Nobody told me your thir- 30s go by as quickly as they do, but nobody really told me your 40s go as quickly as they do. <laughs> right and like I get excited for new ages right like I can't wait hopefully you know god willing like I I want to be 47 I don't know what it is (laughs) about 47 but I want to be it but I'm just like man but like I also really loved being 17 and I also really enjoyed turning 30 like I was excited about it but like you know the further away from girlhood that I get I'm like I want to like hold on to it as much as possible. And that's okay because we can do what we want. And the brilliant part is the older we get, the less shits we give. Yes. I don't (laughs) care. I will sit out front of my house and read a babysitter's club book and all you neighbors walking by, walking your dogs forget you <laughs> judging right shut your face because I, I remember care. when I was turning 30 so like we used to have this like psychologist lady that worked in the dormitory where I worked for the mm-hmm. students and she's like you're gonna love your 30 she's like you really stop giving a shit mm-hmm. she's like but when you hit 40s you really don't give yeah a it's fuck. true <laughs> it's so true <laughs> and I was like oh I'm so excited right for 40. <laughs> <laughs> And that's like, I, I literally, I got like this, an- this erotica anthology the, the other day in the mail. And I'm telling Sincere, I was like, I can't wait to go to the coffee shop and read this. Yeah, <laughs> and she's right. like, do your thing. I was like, I don't care. I wish somebody would say something. I know, right? Like, go ahead. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> what are you reading? Mind no, I'm sorry. You're playing Candy right. Crush. <laughs> <laughs> Am I making you uncomfortable? <laughs> My apologies. (laughs) You can leave. (laughs) So we just wanted to really like do this episode, I think, to just show like how your early reader years, if you were a reader when you were younger, really does kind of shape the reader that you become, you know, it really does. You may have had some favorites that now that you're older, you're like, this is really problematic. But, you know, like, like Sarah said, what time period was it written in? Mm-hmm. You can't change it. It's no. a reflection of when it came out. Yep. But yeah, I just think it's really fun to see how, I mean, you had the experience of like reading a lot of these books as mm-hmm. a kid and as a teenager, whereas I didn't. And now I'm like, dang, I really feel like something is missing. So it's just really interesting to hear what we were reading then and how it's like shaped mm-hmm. what we're reading mm-hmm. now or how yeah. we're reading now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, that's what I kind of think about when I'm reading The Babysitter's Club. I'm like, are these the same girls that grew up and they're now living in um, Heartbreaker Bay in Jill Shelvis's? (laughs) 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 Because really, you know what I mean? It starts, it all starts somewhere. And it's, and I just, where did they go? Being able to sit and talk nostalgic, I mean, just, it's just so fun. It's really, really fun. Yeah. When we read that that Babysitters Club mystery, I was I remember asking you and um, best friend Chloe. Mm-hmm. I was like, 
where do you think they'd be today? What are they doing? Like, who's the stay at home mom of three kids going to soccer practice? And who's the CEO? (laughs) Because y'all have both read way more than I have. Well, I know a lot of people have talked about and I've heard it on podcasts and stuff. They're like, oh, to release something for the fans now where the babysitters club, but they did it for Sweet Valley and it didn't go over so good. It didn't go well. Leave things alone. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't need to know. That Jessica married Todd. <laughs> I don't need to know that Elizabeth married Bruce. You need to know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did buy it, though. When the 10 Years Later book came out, I mean, I'll tell you, I had it pre-ordered. And I'm like, I need this. A hardcover Sweet Valley High book. Yeah. As adults, <laughs> they're having sex and drinking, and I'm here for it. <laughs> it's like a mess you can't turn away from. Right, like, yeah. I hate this, but I'm addicted. <laughs> And then there's this whole part at the end where they touched on different characters. I'm like, why did you do this? Why did you ruin this? So yeah. sometimes it's fun to go back and read them, but I don't want to know where they are now. It's fun to speculate, but that's it. Yeah. I mean, and we have that now. Like we have books where we read and mm-hmm. it's like, damn, I wonder what Freddie and Jasmine are doing from yes. Rachel Stewart's latest, you know, Harlequin romance. Absolutely. <laughs> like, what are they doing? What will they be doing 10 years from now? And then there's some where you're like, the story was perfect. I don't need to know no. anything else. <laughs> but that's the brilliant part about long running series. Like I mentioned Heartbreaker Bay by Jill Shelvis. Like you fall in love with two characters. You don't know three books later, so-and-so could come into the coffee shop and there they are. And she's pregnant. And you know what I mean? And it's like, yay. (laughs) I love those Easter eggs. Yeah. Those like little, here's your reminder of what these two are up to. But the story is now focused on them. Yeah. I love that. But yeah, no, that's always the best. (laughs) (laughs) We could talk Heartbreaker Bay all day. I swear. We could talk Heartbreaker Bay all day. (laughs) I know this is a categorically romance podcast, but if you have not read Heartbreaker Bay, please do. It's fabulous. <laughs> and I want to say, like, if Joel Shalvis, who we know has written a ton of category romances in your knitting circle, tell her we said hello, but we've talked to her already. We've talked to her before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not our here, but we've we had talked to her before. Club. Yeah. It's incredible. She was amazing. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That and her Wildstone series. Oh, yes. Incredible books. Yes. I'm making my way through. I want to start with Roughing It with Ryan. Was that a Blaze book? They've Dang. updated it and it has a more like contemporary cover. Yeah, I know because they re-released them. Yeah. I want to say it and was And all Blaze. the books all the books look like they're like less than 200 pages or whatever. Oh, but... yeah. No, there, there's, there's not much to them at all. Roughing It with Ryan. <laughs> no, I'm curious. Yeah. Was it a Blaze? Was it not a Blaze? I want to say it was a blaze. It was, oh, I'm sorry. It was a temptation novel. It was a temptation. Okay. And I do have it Ooh. now that I'm looking at the cover. I do have it. Somewhere. <laughs> I don't know where, but it's somewhere in this room. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait. Was it one of the temptation blazes? Uh, no. Because I feel like we posted it. It was just temptation. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh. oh, well, we hope you all have a lovely Wednesday. Yes. And hit us up. Let us know what your favorite YA category romance series yep. was. We love to hear it. Yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> we have so many theories. We I could sit here and talk for another two hours, but uh... <laughs> I just want these. I would love, can somebody please put them on Kindle? Yes. If you were an author of these <laughs> and you have the rights to them, 
put them on. That's the thing that makes me sad is like, where are the, where are, do they just out in the ether now? Like what happens to books when they're no longer in print? They're no longer being published. They're just out there in somebody's yeah. basement being sold on eBay. Yep. And then there's people like us who are like, we want to read them, but we can't get them. Unless. I'm I'm happy to make it my career to take these books and type them all out. <laughs> I would do that in a minute. I will be your data entry person. <laughs> I will professionally read the audiobook for you. Yes, I will. <laughs> no, nobody needs to hear that much of my voice. <laughs> right, but. <laughs> the same you'll be like oh god he, she, she does horrible male voices right but i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> that's about the extent of it for me <laughs> so yes guys let us know what your favorite series was let us know what series you wish would yes. you know yes. be re-released or get an update and have authors like rewrite it like yep. whatever we just want to talk ya category romance yep. so let us know Mm-hmm. We will be back on Saturday. Yes. I'm, oh my gosh, Ray and Thane. Ray and Our Thane. Ray and Thane episode Yay. is this Saturday. So tune into that. It was incredible. It was. Oh, she was a delight. It was a like chance of a lifetime. For I sure. mean, we both are huge Ray and Thane fans. So absolutely, yeah, yeah. We will talk to you all on Saturday. Have a lovely day. <laughs> <laughs>